the the mindset on the flesh will desire the things of the flesh. The mindset on the spirit will desire the things of the spirit. We want you to host this big red carpet in you're going to be interviewing the best Hollywood people, the most famous one in the industry. In my heart, I just grieve. I said, I don't desire that life. That's my old life. And I just don't have any desire. I don't care how much money I'm going to get paid. And I, I knew that God really disciplined me. He cast me a lot of friends, a lot of people. They were not friends. All I want to do is just give glory to God. Begging my life in the emergency room because I was close to being dead. I'm alive to serve Christ, to live uh, for, his, for his purpose. This is Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, a series dedicated to the testimonies of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Arlenis Bakalu. Welcome, everyone, to Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. Once again, we're back. Thank you to all of you who have been listening and even watching to our videos on YouTube. And thank you to those of you also who have messaged me about how much of a blessing this podcast has been to your lives. I just hope that, you know, this can be an encouragement, but also it can be a way for those who do not know Christ to know the work of the Lord through the power of the gospel in everyone's life. And today I have a very special guest, Armenia. Welcome, Armenia, to our podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I have a question for you. Are you excited for the fall? Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I am so excited for the fall, and I hope everyone is as excited as I am. I'm yes. going to be doing a Thanksgiving special coming up, so I'm very excited for that. Just a time to reflect. And, and so many things to be thankful for to the Lord. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, that even like in times like this ones, you know, like so yeah. difficult, challenging for many people, people who have lost their jobs, being isolated with no one, you know, that mm-hmm. they're living alone and they've been in quarantine for all this months and just like how can we still focus on Christ through this time yeah be thankful and before we begin with your testimony I would love to hear the Bible verse that you have for us today so like I said in previous episodes I normally ask uh, people to think about a Bible verse that impacted their life at the time of their conversion so we'll love to hear that yeah Romans 12 2. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you will know what is God's will, His good and pleasant will. Amen. And I would love to hear later on how this was, you know, how impactful this was in the time of your conversion. Amen. Yeah. I would love to start by just getting to know you a little better, just sharing a little bit about your upbringing, your family, where you're coming from. Is your family a believing family? Well, at least back then when you were a child. Actually, no, I, I didn't grow up in a in a Christian home, a Bolivian family. You know, I had Catholic family who who just go to church once a year or every time every time it's a wedding or uh, I do. I did have grandparents. My grandfather was very religious, very fearful of God. Of course, he was not a born again or anything like that, but he did, was very strict in Catholicism. Even through that, when I was very young, I was born in Chicago, but then I was, my parents sent me to Mexico mm. and I grew up with my grandparents and I, I was around nuns because one of my aunts is a nun and, and I did the catechism and, and I heard about, you know, we, we have to remember the, the prayers and all that kind of stuff. But I, uh, growing up, I knew about, you know, Jesus and being crucified, but I was not saved. But I did hurt. I, I grew up knowing a lot about Jesus and a lot of, uh, you know, how the nuns there, they have to do a lot of, it's, it's a lot of works 
it's not a, it's faith with works. You have to do a lot of uh, things to, to, to earn your salvation, a lot of even walking in your knees and all that kind of stuff. I saw all of that in Mexico. So uh, it's a lot of uh, idolatry that I have seen with saints and idols and stuff like that. But that was my life when I was very young. And uh, when I finished junior high and then my parents brought me back to the United States, I finished high school in Chicago, came back to L.A. for college, and I decided to stay here. I have I never been uh, reached by the, uh, with the gospel in Mexico. I just never knew about Christianity. But when I got to know the gospel was not through Hispanic people, that was through American people in uh, Illinois. And it's when I got my first um, King James Bible, which is the, the first one, you know, the Mm-hmm. The the very hard, you know, the, the original English, the, reg- yeah, the original English, English. <laughs> with my accent and that that Bible, we were we, I was completely lost. Uh, and even to read it, it was so funny at, back then. So I kept my accent, even though this is the country that I was born because I came back already older. I do believe that God, you know, in Romans eight twenty eight, all things work together for good for those who love uh, God. As I, I mentioned before, to uh, I, I really love uh, my EWG uh, leader, Polonia Herrera, and mm-hmm. I share my testimony there. And I, um, since some of them, they already know my testimony about uh, tragedy brought me closer to the Lord. It, um, back in Chicago, I lost my sister in a car accident and uh, I was in wheelchair for one year. I saw missionary people coming to the hospital to share the gospel for the first time because they, they saw and the news, what happened, and all that kind of stuff. You were with your sister in the car. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, she was. She, she was. She was in this. Uh, in, in this pageant, uh, the day before the crowning, she died in a car accident. We were gonna buy her dress. I was with her. I survived. She, she wasn't wearing the seatbelt, so she was gonna leave as a, as a vegetable. And her, um, my family decided to let her go. You know, I was paralyzed. I fractured my pelvis, but I was. You know, I, I by the grace of God, I I'm, I'm walking. Coming to Grace uh, Community Church, I hear this testimony of this lady that I forget. I just heard about. Um, she went to so many churches to get healed because she was she was in a wheelchair, but the Lord used the wheelchair to bring her to Christ. I'm thinking about my life that all this tri- He could have kept me in the wheelchair as well. So I'm really thankful that. Um, that he worked it out, uh, losing my my mom when I was very young, my sister, my sister uh, in a car accident, and and those missionary people who shared the gospel, and I got to have the Bible that I even couldn't read because if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you cannot understand the Bible. Besides having an accent in in the King, the original King James Bible, <laughs> so I so I do I uh, thank the Lord for always chasing me. And it's, it's his mercy and his grace. It's not because I was a great person. And what a gift. So I came back to LA and uh, I studied fashion design. I graduated as a fashion designer and I've been in the cosmetic industry. I came back with my Bible and I went back to the, the world James. with the King, King James. James, original King James Bible, <laughs> back in the closet with uh, spider webs and never opened it and back to the world and in the designing and focusing on school and the world. In the Hollywood industry, I was very involved. And uh, I did have a lot of wake-up calls. Before I graduated from college, I, I got approached by this wonderful family, a Spanish family who um, uh, basically brought the gospel to me again in Spanish and gave me my first Spanish Bible. You know, the, the Biblia, Biblia 
de las la, Américas. La, ¿La Santa Biblia? No, Biblia de las Américas. Biblia de las Américas. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I don't know how to translate it in English, but it's like American. I think it's the American the, New Standard Bible. Yeah. American New, yeah, the New American Standard, exactly. Standard Bible. Exactly. Yeah. So they gave it to me in Spanish, which is, it was great. And I lived with them for one year. I remember that um, basically go, being in Chicago, going to this Christian church after I start to walk, losing my sister, going back to the emergency room, just arrived with the, woke up. I was, I passed out. I woke up. I have glass all over my body. Uh, and I see a priest, a Catholic priest with, you know, with the Bible. And, uh, and I was thinking that I, I was going to die. And he was just going to like do the Catholic blessing to let me go. And I was like, I never, ever going to forget uh, begging God for my life and fearing hell because I knew my, my assurance of hell. I had it because mm -hmm. I, I knew about hell, even being Catholic, because I did. I wasn't pleasing God and I have that conviction. So I, I was screaming to take this, this priest away from me because I didn't want to die. And I started asking God, give me a, a chance. Give me one more chance. And then my family runs to me and they said, no, uh, you're okay. Uh, your sister just just passed away. We just let her go. And then I was like, then I was very, very broken because I saw my sister, you know, she's gone. Then I go to being hospitalized for like, a, I was there for, in the hospital. I, I see the missionary people with the gospel. They pray for me. I never had a Christian people praying uh, for me. And it was such a beautiful prayer. And I started to feel the, the Lord's mercy. I was like, I didn't understood what the gospel was. Um, it was new to me because I never read the Bible. Coming back to L.A., um, you know, go, focusing on school and not being a believer, um, even though I did the sinner's prayer back then in that church, uh, that didn't make me a believer because I didn't have any, no Bible study or anything like that. And and I, but I did remember, um, I did remember, If my mother and father forsake me, the, the, the Lord will lift me up. And, and, that, and that was, you know, like not having my, my mother and, and, you know, my sister is gone and going back in college. And immediately I forget, you know, everything about what I, what I, you know, the moment the, the gospel was brought to me, but I, but I never have any church in L.A. So this is why I appreciate church mm -hmm. and church is essential. Right before I graduate, I was like, uh, my, my car actually get uh, burned in the freeway because that was it. And I have to graduate in weeks from there. And then I have to find a place. And I didn't have nowhere to go. And I remember, oh, I can go to God again. And I said, what a hypocrite. I only go to God when I need something. And then I remember the, the Bible that I was giving to me, the prayer that they, this Christian people pray for me. And I, and I start seeing the, how sure I have fall from God's glory the hypocrisy that I was living in, in going to God only when I need something. So I have that heaviness in me. Like I, I didn't even want to go to God is, is the, like, how can I just go to when I need something? But God is always there to forgive whoever repents. So I, I, I remember that I, I say to the Lord, I don't even know how to pray, but I just ask that I, I need help. I really need help. And I just, You know, I'm about to graduate. My family, they were not coming to my graduation. It was going to be a big um, event in the convention center. Mm -hmm. And I get a phone call from, I get a, uh, a, the wrong phone call. And I pick up the phone mm -hmm. and there was somebody in Spanish. May I speak to, it was the wrong person. And I was so mad. And I said, you just interrupt my conversation. And I'm so sad. And I start to say all my life to a stranger. And it was the, the Spanish family that I, they, you know, there was this guy who said, you know what? Uh, I can pray for you. And I'm like, wow, I was, I was actually talking to God. 
And then uh, they asked me to to talk to me and they took me to this restaurant close to my school. And, um, and he says, I want you to meet my wife and my daughters that are your age and you're going to come and live with us. So anyway, so I lived with them for like one year and then I was on my own. So they shared the gospel, of course, in Spanish and everything, but they were, they traveled for different parts of um, Latin countries. Mm-hmm. It was just a journey. How the Lord is very patient with us. I actually had a disobedience by, by broad consequences of uh, being, being compromised with the world. Uh, mm-hmm. It's something that it kept me like from coming to the Lord. And it's one thing that I always share with friends and, and, and something that I experienced in my life that I never thought that coming to know Christ, I would lose a lot of friends also. So I was very involved in, in all that industry uh, after graduating, working, um, being compromised, thinking that being a believer. And, and, I, and, as I, and as the Lord says in Matthew, you cannot serve two masters. You either be loyal to one and, and, and not to the other one. I wanted Jesus but at the same time, I wanted the world. And that was my life in, 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 in that Christianity that I thought I was a believer in that time of my life that I, that I really paid the price. Before Grace Church, I actually come to this uh, Messianic Jewish church, mm. which is this is where I, um, I really got disciplined by the Lord that I, I came to faith through this church. It was the, word, it was the milk of the word of God uh, in that church. And I got, and I, I thank the Lord for that church. That is how they brought the gospel for me. And I, I got to know their Jewish roots. And, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, but I was with, I have to say that I was with the milk, the, the, the milk of the word for a long time. Mm. And I didn't have a lot of Bible studies. So my friend, we, I started doing pro-life ministry and my friend brought me to Grace Church. I needed that meat of the word. And this is how uh, going through the book of Romans and Grace community, I was like, I mean, I, going through the Messianic Jewish church, I really, really felt in my, uh, you know, like really conviction that the heaviness of my sin, that all these years thinking that I was a Christian and in and, and having war, the world in Christ together. I couldn't separate from the secular world and I paid consequences of the wrong relationships, paid consequences, wasted a lot of time. But I go back to Romans 8, 28, that God will work it out. I repented from my sins and I asked the Lord, like going back, I was in the emergency room years ago, not being a Christian, begging God for my life because I know I'm going to hell and I was afraid to hell. Here I am, uh, giving my life to the Lord, but feeling the the heaviness of my sin. Christ giving me His righteousness and giving my sin to Christ. But when God looks at me, He looks at Christ. And for me, that was so, so amazing to see that. How much I fail God and how much I rebel. I compromise I, I, with the world. I felt all of that and I paid the consequences. Uh, it was, it was, it was bad. And you know, you can't save, serve two masters, so I have to choose one, and I chose the Lord. And, of course, I lost all of the friends. You know, every year it was less and less and less and into zero, right? And mm-hmm. But when you just love the Lord, um, you know, all, it's like all I have is Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And all I need is Him. I thank the Lord for that. Um, I thank the Lord for allowing things to happen in my life that uh, brought me closer and closer. And I thank the Lord for um, for allowing me to be walking again. Uh, he could have left me in that wheelchair 
uh, years ago in Chicago, but he didn't. So this is how I came to the Lord in, in that little church. And I transit, do my transition to Grace Community last year. It's been like a year and a half. Going through, through the Book of Romans, he regenerated my heart in the other church. You know how sanctification, going deep, happened uh, that year in Every Woman's Grace. Going through the Book of Romans, now I understood, I understood um, hate what is evil inclined to what is good. And I, as far as like the, the mindset on the flesh would desire the things of the flesh, but the, man, the mindset on the spirit would desire the things of the spirit. So now I understood that the, the, how the Lord is doing sanctification with, uh, with I, I can get invited. We, have, we want you to host this big red carpet and you're going to be interviewing the best Hollywood people, the most famous one in the industry. In my heart, I just grieve. I said, I don't desire that life. That's my old life. And I just don't have any desire. I don't care how much money I'm going to get paid. I remember even talking to my friend, Sarah. I said, I just love this church. I said, I just love. And I, and I, and I, I knew that God really disciplined me. But uh, if he cast me a lot of friends, a lot of people, they were not friends. Um, all I want to do is just give glory to God. What I missed my point was begging my life in the emergency room because I was close to being dead. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad I wasn't um and I, I'm, I'm alive to to serve Christ uh, and to live uh, for his, for His purpose. But I was begging the Lord when I came to Sojourners. I remember, and I'm never gonna forget a grace. And I heard the message: the thief of the, thief of the cross and Samson and Delilah. I felt like I'm the thief in the cross. I feel like I'm Samson, and I feel like I'm asking God, give me one more chance. Hmm. Give me one more chance. And now that I going through the book of Romans, I feel like that sanctification happened very deep. Uh, what is to walk with Christ? What is to be uh, to be obey the Lord? Mm-hmm. And and why are we for uh, we are created for Him through Him and for Him? It's such a beautiful journey. And you know, going through this whole COVID situation, and I, it brought me closer and more closer to the Lord and closer to my fellowships. When I see people that are not saved, I have love for the lost because I was there. And now I just, um, I want to serve the Lord in whatever. I'm the, I, I, I just told my friends, I want to serve and I want to discover my gifts as I'm serving. Mm-hmm. I love something that you said before um, that you knew that, it, you know, the Lord had mercy on you when you cried out like for your life, that, you, that the Lord had mercy on you, not because you were good, or exactly. not, not because of anything good that you had done or anything like that. And I think that's like the problem that a lot of people that we have, that we think that we're just so good that we just deserve the Lord to forgive us. Yes. We, just, we deserve hell. The Bible is clearly, clearly says that there is no one good. Exactly. Not even one. So what makes, makes us think, you know, mm-hmm. that there is anything in us um, yeah. that the Lord should save us. But it's because of his love that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, right? Yes. It's God's love, His mercy. It's just His own character that mm. we are here standing today and that we know that someday we will be in heaven because we have Christ. Because that's the thing. That's what God sees in us, Christ. Yes. Not the good work that I've done. Yes, I need to do good works because it's how I, it's like the fruit of just like my own salvation, right? Yeah. I will want to do good works. I, wa- I want to help other people. But that's not what it's going to get me to heaven. At the time that your sister 
uh, passed away. You were not a believer. No. As a non-believer, what was your reaction towards God? Or where was your attitude towards God when that happened, that your sister died? Well, when uh, when my sister died, I was, um, I was very shocked by knowing that, okay, she's gone. And not only that, I was, I was start to be a little bitter because towards my family, number one towards my family, because she, she's supposed to live as a vegetable. And I, and I was thinking, I rather, I, I want to, this is why I became pro-life, even though as an unbeliever, I was already pro-life because my sister was alive. Her heart was beating, mm-hmm. but they disconnect her and they have to sign off to let her go, to just let her die because they don't want to be taking care of a vegetable, you know? Mm-hmm. So that I was mad. I was like, how can this be? How can this be? And every life, you know, that, you know, it's a heartbeat. It's a heartbeat. It's, it's my sister was still alive. So then, then um, my family have to calm me down. First of all, I'm afraid that I'm the one who's going to die. Then I'm afraid of hell because I've been taught and even in catalysis about hell and heaven. But of course, they taught me how to earn heaven with works. If mm-hmm. you do this, if you do this, if you are great. But I knew that I wasn't great because I know the life that I was living. Mm-hmm. And I had that conviction of sin, but I was not even sure. I said, I don't think I can make it. You know, with the life that I live, I don't think I can make it into heaven. But that I, then I I was asking and begging God that I have to, like, really humiliate myself to God crying. Uh, I don't want to die because I know where I'm going. I, ne- I can never. I mean, I was I was very shocked that I thought that because this is what I deserve, right? But I was trying to think of the good works that I did, even though I, I said, okay, I, I did this, I did that. It's still, I still didn't count it as great because I knew how sinful I was, even back then. Mm. Even though I was not a... Yeah. Uh, Christian uh, or being repented. Mm-hmm. But uh, after that, that I know I'm alive, I'm grateful. But at the same time, I start to feel a little bitterness towards my family for disconnecting my sister. Yeah. And then after that, I, I see people, they have this love of, of Jesus, the missionary people coming to the hospital. And this is why I love the Great Commission. I love the Great Commission. And I have that love for, for the last because I see people... Uh, when I came to Grace, I remember when we went to the metro station, I remember I said, Lord, wow, what a memories. When those people came to, the, to, my, to my bed and prayed for me. So that's, that was humbling to know, to know a little bit about God, even though I wasn't a believer. But uh, it took time for me to forgive my family. After I became a believer, I forgave my father. I forget my family. Forgiveness happened after that. It was, it was, it was hard. You said that your sister was like, going she was going to be in a beauty pageant and yeah you're getting ready so i've seen on your social media that you also have yeah. some pictures of as a yeah you were in a, a beauty pageant yourself yeah so How this is does that happen <laughs> so this is the story so so she was in a beauty pageant my sister was very pro-life but in the catholic way she was gonna be in uh in chicago uh in the hispanic pageant i think it was miss latina pageant and she didn't make it the day before the pageant she died so when I was in L.A. in the fashion industry, I joined pageants, the USA organization, but it's, an, it's a non-Christian, just in the world, being in pageants. And I did like four of them because of my sister. I'm, I'm finished with the fashion. I'm, I'm finished with the pageantry, with the acting, with all of that. I love that world, right? After, when I started coming to this little church and I turned to the Lord, even though I was still stumbling and I was still compromised and I was wrestling with all of the world and, and what the world has to offer. Then I joined um, this 
I met Open Arms Pregnancy Clinic, which is that's through Grace Church. I know I my friend Yoli who brought me to Grace. This is how I met her. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to serve in that platform because I, you know, uh, how my sister was very involved. And I said, now as a believer, I want to be involved because I'm very pro-life. I work in cosmetics and every person I sit in the chair, what a story. It's almost every woman, like they open, it's an open book. When they come and you, you do their facial, you do their makeup, the abortions, almost so many women have done it and they all regret it and they don't have Christ. And one of them wanted to take her life. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, after that, I joined Open Arms to know, to be, to share the word of God. Uh, this is before I came to Grace. Uh, then I said, yeah. you know what? I want to um, uh, talk to teenagers at all ages of women who, to, to give them this, um, you know, the word of God. And as far as what, what Jesus is pro-life and what he thinks about uh, a life and of the time of conception and, and, and explaining them what God says, what the Bible says about you know, about that. Debbie Harvey says, okay, yes, that's great. So uh, I'm going to use this pageant and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to use it as my platform. And I, I know I'm not going to win because it's not like, actually, it's not a beauty pageant. This is pageant is about uh, community work. And I said, you know what, maybe I know they're going to reject me because I'm Christian and I'm not going to win anything because they don't like the gospel and pro-life Hollywood hates pro-life. Mm-hmm. We actually facing that right now. So, but I never knew that the judges were like half of them. They were Christian, so they they vote for me, and I and actually I won the they they gave me the title of Los Angeles and California and, and the ambassador of the through Women of Achievement. And I was not expecting to win anything. So this is how I got in this pageant as a believer. But when I start to do public appearance, only the the Christian the Christian television they invite me to share open arms clinic, but. When I went through the Hollywood um, LA Fashion Week, I was invited. I, I was almost thrown out of there with this pro-life and Jesus and everything. I, I never experienced what actually, well, what an experience to be in the world and everybody loves you. And, and, and you just compromise. Don't say Jesus too much, right? Mm-hmm. So this is, this is when Matthew 10, 22 comes to life. In, in John 15, 18, the world will hate you because they hated me first. Mm-hmm. If, it, if it, you, you were, if I would blend with the world, they would love me like their own. Mm-hmm. But yes, I was actually almost thrown out of there. And I was, you know, they went to, there was one person who went to the police because I, because I, I, I say too much about what, you know, abortion is all about and, and I'm so pro-life and, and it was it was it was very my, my first time of persecution there and uh and then I just realized that I can't be serving two masters. I, I can't be just blending in. Yes, I love Jesus, but I can still be with this kind of a crowd. So when I did my transition to Grace Community, I said my first place to know the word was foundation. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, I met a lot of you and uh I was very, very like very blessed. I said, wow, this is, um, I used to uh, have fellowships and my respect to everybody, but I have to say that I never had a fellowship that I see people that haven't compromised their walk. And, um, and, and this is why I, I really appreciate even how the Lord says to be careful how we walk. And our sanctification is to look like Christ. And uh, I never had a fellowship that is not compromised. And I was thinking, God, when am I going to find a fellowship 
like the book of Acts, I don't think that ever, I mean, I don't think that exists now, maybe existed back then. I was going to a very mini church. It was great, but there was no Bible study with people my age. They were older. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, I said, God, and I remember asking God in prayer. I was like crying. I said, God, I, I really need, uh, I'm, I'm, I have like that spiritual drought. And my friend Yoli says, no, 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 no. You do have a spiritual drought. I have to take you to this church. And this is when I came to Grace. And when I uh, joined this fellowship, I say, wow. I said, I just never thought, but it's like, the book of Acts coming to life again. We, all we were in one, one in heart and one in mind mm-hmm. with the love of Christ. And this is what I see in all of you. And I say, wow, nobody's, of course, we don't, I'm not looking for perfection or anything like that. We have our own flaws and stuff like that. But it's loving one another. The, the Lord says the world will know that you are my disciple by the love that you have for one another. And uh, and that's what I want to see even the secular world, to see the Lord in us, to reach out to the last and in, in, um, going in uh, every woman's grace with, to the book of Romans. It was like, it was really like God working more deep and deep in sanctification and in just making me more like the image of Christ. And I'm really grateful for uh, for Grace Community Church. Church is essential, and I'm so grateful, Pastor John, for, to have a pastor who does not compromise the gospel. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I am so blessed, and I'm so thankful to the Lord for opening my eyes and for that gift of salvation. That that it was nothing good that I did to to gain it, but it was His love for me and for Him dying on the cross and taking my sin and and just saving me from He could easily just giving me in, like just give up on me, right? Turn me to my own vomit, but no, he saved me. Yeah. So I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. And I think we are all very thankful, obviously, you know, for our church, just in times like this, that it is a church that is standing firm in yeah. the faith and obeying our Lord, our master, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. And just to, you know, to be the church. Yeah. We need to be the church during this time. This is when we need the church the most, the fellowship, the communion, just like you were, we're going through the Book of Acts now, yeah. uh, this season on EWG. So EWG, the one that she has mentioned, it's Every Woman's Grace. It's a women's Bible study, a Grace Community Church. It's been a blessing to many of us. And yes. right now we're going through the Book of Acts and just seeing, like you said, you know, just that they were in the same mindset. They were mm-hmm. the same love for Christ in the same mind that we're yeah. enjoying like the Lord, the Lord's table with yes. him, with each other. The Lord unified them through the Holy spirit and just yeah. to see them come into life. And I would like to go back to that Bible verse that you mentioned at the beginning, uh, Romans 12, I mm-hmm. believe. So can you just share a little bit more in depth how, how the Lord uses verses specifically in your own life and your own conversion? Do not be confirmed to the patterns of this world. Like I was, I was very comfortable, you know, with, the, the way I was living before, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Mm-hmm. Going through the, studying the word of God, conviction came into my life, you know, to see, to see the, um, the stumbling, like what is this stumbling? It's, an, it's, a, it's a believer. The far you walk from Christ, the more you're going to, chances that you're going to stumble. And this is one, I'm never going to forget um, the teaching that Mark Sakevich shared at Foundation. How you are, you know, you, you have to be, uh, it's a race that you, we, we run in the same race. 
But if we are actually have the layers of destruction, you know, like you, you, you have layers of, you distract them. So you have layers and layers. You got to be ready and walk with those who are stronger in the faith to learn. Like, I'm so grateful for Polonia Herrera, my leader from Every Women's Grace. Such a great example of what unity in her group was during COVID. We have even through Zoom, we were having, we were breaking bread. The unity I never had, I was, I was going crazy, but because of the Lord, I wasn't that I got to share the gospel with unbeliever friend that I was actually in her house. Speaking of um, how the Lord uses verse is when I got to see myself where I was spiritually. Even though I said I'm a believer, yes, I'm a believer. You got, you have to continue to read the word and, get, mm-hmm. and walk closely to Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, lack of fellowship, lack of uh, Bible study, being with a secular world, what is causing you to stumble? And when he was teaching a foundation, I, it was a wake-up call to see what I was lacking. I always pray for a church to hold me accountable for my walk. And God answered my prayer in Grace Church. Because I have to use, every day I have to read my Bible. I have to, I never thought that I was, I went through the book of Romans in one year. Mm-hmm. Now we're going through the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. I just, I just like, it, it's like, Tearing more layers and more layers in sanctification, sanctification. Mm-hmm. Every day is nonstop sanctification. Yeah. And I just love it. I just love it. And, and the Lord showing me is through the renewing of my mind, you know, not to conform to the patterns of the world that I, I, that is my past, but as far as be transformed through his word. And I got to see what I was lacking. You know, what, what was the damage? What kind of life I was living and, and why is happening? And now I can, uh, I, I th- I'm taking biblical counsel and I'm just kind of like out in the class because I have like, you know, so many, so much Bible studies, but I want to help other young people that are coming to know the Lord to, because um, there's, I can see myself in them, mm-hmm. you know, when they're new to Grace Church or they're new, they're new to the faith. The Lord gave me a special love for those people. Now I want to serve the Lord um, more and more. Yeah. Because I don't want to just go and receive. I want to give back. I just want to serve the body of Christ. Um, and that's been my heart lately to be serving more now that I just, I got myself very plugged into Bible studies. And now that you have come to faith and the Lord saved you and you are part of God's kingdom, um, how have you seen the Lord change your life from the time that you were a non-believer to now that you are a believer, that you have committed yourself to the Lord to his word and um, to walk in a way that is worthy of Christ. Uh, to forgive, a lot of forgiveness. You know, my father, I didn't see him for 18 years because my parents were like went separate ways. I grew up with a very good family. My grandparents were the perfect marriage was my grandparents. I never see a couple. They love each other, but they, they kept me away from my father because he's supposed to be not a good example. After my mom passed away, they were already separating. And of course, the other side of my family were saying, you should never talk to your dad. Your dad was this, was that, everything is bad. Forgiveness happened right after, you know, I I came to Christ. I started to, to find where's my father. And I went, and my father is even embarrassed to see me because how he treated my mom. So I went and I... I went with my Spanish Bible and a books, how to become a Christian. This is before I started coming to Grace. Now I've been talking to my father a lot on the phone and now I want to go back with more books of the faith. <laughs> I feel like now it's like, I'm so like right before COVID, I was going to go and I have a lot of family that I share my testimony and they couldn't believe that I was going to, for. are you forgiving your father? And I said, yes. I mean, my father in heaven 
forgave me. So who am I not to forgive him? So my family was kind of like scared to that I opened the Christian Bible. And I said, so let me open your Catholic Bible then. (laughs) So then even through their own Catholic Bible, keeping the saints, I I just share it with them, you know, because they're they're a little very legalistic. So but one of my aunts is more open to 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 pray together. And uh, I went to to a small town to find my father and his family. I shared my testimony with all of my family there. And then I went to see my father. Uh, when, when I first saw him, he couldn't look in my face. He was just shaking and he was looking down and he was so nervous. And he just gave me his hand. And I said, why are you giving me your hand? I'm not a stranger. Give me a hug. <laughs> and I squeezed him and I said, I just want to let you know that I love you and that I forgive you. But I want to see you in heaven. I want to see you in heaven. And I pray, my prayer to you is, they, um, that the Lord opened your heart to the gospel, that you have Jesus, because, you know, I want you to be with him. We don't know if I'm going to go first or you're going to go first, but that's my desire. But I cannot make him a believer. But my, I even told him in front of him, my prayer is that the Lord will open your heart to the gospel. And that was the biggest thing that I never thought I was going to do. Seeing my cousins, they disconnect my sister. I prayed for them. I, I forgave them. I can go on and on with more personal things that I cannot even share right now that, that people really harm me in my, in my life that I, I just, I have, God took resentment and forgiveness away and put love in for, um, for the lost, because I see, I, 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 I concern more about their salvation and I don't think about what they did. I just yeah. really pray for their salvation. I have love for the lost. And I said, how can I, I get this gift that it didn't cost me nothing and I want everybody to have it, but I don't know who God is going to bring, but I pray for the, for the last. Yeah. And I'm just, it makes me more grateful uh, for the Lord in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We don't know the day or the time that the Lord is going to go pull us home. Exactly. And salvation is for today, not for tomorrow, not for when I get old. Because I think that's like what a lot of people think. No, when I get old, you know, I'll go and serve the Lord and... Yeah, give my life to him. Yes. No, salvation is not because you don't know if you're going to make it to that, to the old age. Yes. I mean, just praise God that we are, you know, alive and we're still here. And our call is to go and share the gospel with the lost. Now that we are moving closer to November, I will say, for Thanksgiving, and we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving very soon, a time that we're giving thanks to the Lord and praising him for everything that he has done in our lives. Can you share three things that you're thankful for? Well, number one, the grace of God, his, uh, the salvation that he gave me through Christ. I thank the Lord for Christ, for sending Christ to, to take the, you know, to die for me and take my sin and forgive me. And I, I just thank the Lord for, for uh, giving me a new, uh, this new church, for giving me Grace Community. You know, it's been a year and a half, not even knowing what was going to happen. I'm just so grateful. I think I told every young person at Grace, you don't even know what kind of great church you have because mm-hmm. I appreciate what I never had. I just, one thing I have to kind of constantly remember Romans 8, 28, uh, all things works together for good for those who love uh, God. Because I always said, I wish I was here when I was little girl. I wish I had this church. If I had this church, I didn't have to go through this. If I had this church, but God knows Everything. He knows the beginning of the end. I'm just grateful for um, for our pastor um, that is in the front line, like, you know, standing for Christ and not compromising that we have spiritual food. 
that we have our fellowship, that we have church open. So grateful for the fellowship for the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And, um, just thank you for taking this time to be, you know, to open up your heart to us and just letting us, you know, sharing with us a little bit more about your life and just how the Lord is working yes. in your life. What are you looking forward to? The book of Acts and every woman's grace, <laughs> going deep in the book of Acts and in serving God more. Like I want to, I want to be more involved. Like I just want to be in children's ministry, looking forward to serve, finding my gifts as I'm serving at a church. So this is going to be my first time that I'm going to be serving uh, in a, such a big church. So I'm praying that if the Lord wants to use me a foundation, uh, I'm just saying to God, here I am. I'm just making myself available. If he wants me in another fellowship, then he can let me know. But I'm just, I just want to serve the Lord. All the the years that I have left, I just mm-hmm. want to serve and and be, be very involved. I just no, no longer want to partially be a believer or compromise like that. Well, thank yeah. you again, Herminia. Thank you for uh, sharing with us and thank you for taking this time. And I just hope that those who will listen will be encouraged through your life and just how the Lord continues to work in your life. Yeah, and there's one chapter that I, John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Uh, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruits. Apart from me, you can't do nothing. All right, I'm going to close, close this in prayer now. Thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for the gift of, of salvation. Thank you, Lord, that while we were still your en- enemies, Lord, Christ died in our place. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for giving us peace with you, a peace that surpasses all our understanding. Thank you just for this time with Armenia. Thank you for the work that you have done and continue to do in her life. I pray, Lord, that you would use her and continue to use her for your glory and for your kingdom, Lord. Lord, I pray for anyone who will be listening, who is listening to this podcast. I pray that... um, If any brothers or sisters are listening to it, Lord, that they will be encouraged, uh, that they will be reminded of the hope that you have given us in Christ. I pray for any non-believer, whether our families or friends or uh, some other people, uh, wherever they find themselves, Lord, that if they don't know you, that they will come to know Christ, that they will come to know that there is hope, but only in Christ and Christ alone, Lord. We love you and we praise you and we give you thanks and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. On the next episode of Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. Amazing love.